Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material Episode 146, and I am one-third of your complement of hosts, Andy and Otko. Uh, I am not good at fraction metaphors, but I am Florence Ion. And I am 33.33% reoccurring, one of your hosts, Russell Ivanovich. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Now, now Flo, it's, it's, it's great to have you back. You were sorely missed last week. Not I missed you guys ne- last week. I wish I could have brought yeah. you with me as I uh, was on the Nepali coast being surrounded by humpback whales that sounds had just terrible, been born. Flo. I don't know if I would have gone. Sounds, uh, sounds horrible. Yeah. I saw some of your pictures. I'm like, this place is disgusting. I'm so glad I'm not on holidays, damn it. We we in here in New England we had snow. I'm sorry, on, I'm sorry. We, we we had snow on like a, a, a April fourth, fifth, and at the same time that you were probably enjoying a nice shave ice. Uh, to be fair, it was actually overcast on the island of Kauai. It rains a lot there. It's very wet. Oh, it's so horrible! And- I'm on a tropical island and it's raining. Sorry, I didn't. I just had to do that voice. I didn't know why. So please continue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was gorgeous regardless. Um, it was just good to get away. But now I'm back and refreshed and I feel just ready to, well, except for the slight cold that I came down with, I feel ready to, well, it's springtime in Silicon Valley. And so, you know, what that means is, you know, new things. <laughs> new things are being born. Just like the humpback whales that uh, were born, you know, near the shores of Kauai. So we'll Google the company that we cover. That's that's a very good point because between WWDC in June and uh, Google I.O. in May, it's like these companies that spend most of their time plying the depths uh, uh, outside of the sight and sound of, of humanity. They breach just sort of like spit this big plume of whatever they've been holding in, and then they slip once again into the deep, taking the mysteries with them, uh, but giving us a lot of content that we can then hopefully convert into uh, 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 listener and advertiser-supported revenue. So, Damn, so that let, is a let, good let's analogy. Keep, let's keep this scam going as long as we possibly can, I say. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you know, and I have to say, I have to say that before before we get into it, I just want to bring up something very funny that I found upon my return. This came up in my Google feed yesterday. <laughs> Did you guys see this silly article? Uh, <laughs> teens say that they want iPhones more than Android devices. Young kids these days. I'll tell you what. This is where society is now. This silly little, I don't know what, bear. I guess Barron's is like a financial thing because they yeah. talk a lot about Apple being uh, being a hot stock um, that's a vernacular I don't typically use in my day to day. And, uh, it's expected that 84% or rather 84% of teens said that their next phone purchase will be an iPhone, which I have to ask, where are you teens a getting the money for this sort of thing? I know your parents, but seriously, this is also out of 6,000. So it's very possible that those 6,000 the- uh, teens were all from very affluent areas of the United well, States. Well, they're asking people in like the San Francisco Bay area where, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like they're, Half they're, of them they're, go to art school and they're, they're, <laughs> they're lock, their, their high school locker is being sublet for $3,000 a month to someone who works at Google or Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's entirely possible. Fit three mattresses in there, like yeah. no worries. And it's probably probably See, roomier is, than this, most of the other places you're going to get. This this is this is the this is the only I, I swear the only situation which I do turn into the stereotypical like not young person where I'm like, you know, I I I would like to imagine just for a second 
telling my parents, I want you to buy me a $900 thing I wouldn't for even Christmas or my birthday. $90 was stretching it. $90 I, is like. Exactly. Can't you, can't you, can't you uh, practically feel like the smack of like the hand when you, your mother's <laughs> ring on it, just like across your, you know, wrecking across the side of your head, not to wound, but just to administer a corrective action that would be a memorable. A love tap, as it was called exactly. back in our day. <laughs> exactly. We, do, we do not condone or, love tapping any longer, uh, but unfortunately it was part of our... Exactly. The, the rolled, the Sometimes rolled in my family, uh, part involved the frying pan, and I do not recommend that either. We're not endorsing this in any way, shape, or form. I think we just not at all. We turned into the people we are, probably despite the the amount of love taps we had in our generation. Well, see, your parents had a, had an excuse there. They could say that no, no, I was aiming for the the spider big enough to kill birds. That was I thought was on the top. <laughs> it's of true. Your Australia head. has a you know has a really. A really good cover. Uh, but, you know, it is interesting, though. I do think about this a lot whenever I, I see children, which is becoming more of a common occurrence as I as I age. Uh, more of my friends have children of cell phone using age now. Um, and it's it is really interesting just to scan the demographics of smartphones among teens and preteens. Just to see, because really, when you look at it, when you think about it, that's how marketing works. That's how it works. It's, that's how it works and how it ingrains itself. Now, I wonder about myself, you know, when I was in high school, the phone that I wanted was a Motorola flip phone. I found out about it. You know how I find out about those things? I found out about them through uh, ads, through magazine ads. Magazine ads, them, them were the days. Magazine ads. I used to work in magazines. Back I, I will say, I don't, yeah, I don't have a lot of exposure to like the teen uh, market or anything like that. But the, the ones that I haven't met, like my nephews and like all their friends and that sort of thing, like yeah. I, I do think here in Australia, at least, the iPhone is the more desirable phone. Like whether it be because it's more expensive or it's shinier or it's made by Apple, I'm not sure what part of their marketing is is working or isn't working. But I definitely feel like in this country, it is the more desirable phone to have. But I feel like if you want to be that cool kid, you know, the kid that maybe is a little bit cool now but is going to be way cool later on, you want to get yourself an Android phone. You want to be like on the – A Pixel. Yeah, a an outlier. A Pixel in particular. Like, look at all you sheep like with your iPhones. I've got the cool new hot thing from Google. Like just do it. Actually, I think a few years ago there was actually some sort of a, another survey, probably equally bogus but interesting, that said the perception amongst kids is that I, the iPhone is is your is like your parents' phone. Like, ugh. I, I'd much I'd much rather have like a Galaxy S two that runs yeah. that runs Cupcake than have a brand new modern ugh. iPhone eight. Uh, that phone is the one phone, by the way, that turned my father t- towards Apple. Uh, he is now <laughs> huge Apple fan. It happened completely overnight, like MacBook, iPhone, uh, everything went fully out. Apple TV even, to which I was like, who are you? I never even told you about this thing existing, and yet here it is. This exact um, same thing happened to which- me, Flo. So Mich- to your Mich- parents? Just no, no, Michelle's, Michelle's parents, so my parents-in-law. Like, I... I told them about one Apple product. They suddenly have all the Apple products and now I switched to Android because I'm like, it's not cool anymore. Like they've got a MacBook Air and like an iPhone and like an Apple TV just like your parents. And I'm just like, it's, it's lost the cool now. I can't have these Where things anymore. Where did you anymore. come from? The olds what have happened? them. Yeah. Uh, I have to say also that uh, it is interesting when, so I was on vacation, my friend who has the iPhone 10, and I have to say it was very fun comparing portrait modes. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, on our respective phones. And, you know, I would encourage any teens out there listening. And if you are a teen listening to our podcast, hi. Uh, <laughs> how are you? How can we better appeal to you so that you stay oh dear. a Google Android user? <laughs> Please write us. <laughs> I, I did once meet a teen listener. This is a true, true story. Uh, I do occasionally play some video games. So I was playing the, the game Rocket League. It's for those that don't know, it's yes. rocket powered cars smacking into a ball. Soccer uh, with cars. Soccer yes. with cars, basically. It's multiplayer. Football. Three on three. As they say. Um, and someone's like, oh my God, are you the rusty shell from Material Podcast? And I'm like, this has never happened before. Like, hey. And he's like, I love your show. And I'm like, oh wow, there's like actually one young person who listens to our show. So, hey there, young person. I forgot your name completely, but hey. Hello, young people. Spread the good word <laughs> of Android among yes. the rest of you young people. Um, yeah. I mean, I, but I bet teens know about the data thing, so I think. <laughs> I feel like after this whole Facebook thing is over, we're going to have a harder time selling this. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Should find another way to appeal to the teens. Actually, speaking yes. of um, listeners and phones, we did have some listener feedback that we've saved for this week just because you're backflow and you've got better opinions than uh, Andy R.O.D. So this is another Andy. I don't think it's Andy Anarco unless he's come up with some kind of pseudonym and he's set himself up with a different email address. But he wants to know, he says, my contract has expired and I'm in the process of trying to get a new phone out of my provider. I'm really torn between the Pixel 2 XL and the Huawei P20 Pro. Please international help. user. Yeah, obviously that's not an in the international US. user yeah. because you would not be making that decision in the United States of America, where Huawei is uh, company non grata at the moment. American. Um, we're upset with the Chinese now, or at least we're told we're supposed to be. Right. Sure. I guess. But uh, let's <laughs> pretend you weren't American and you had a choice between these two phones. Yeah. Like which which two would you pick? So oh, sorry, which two would thing. you pick? Which one would you pick? I mean, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, I am really impressed with what Huawei has done with its its camera hardware. I've used the last couple of Huawei phones. Um, they've graciously provided me with review units to test them out against like the Pixel and the Galaxies and the LGs. And, you know, if you go by things like uh, DxO Mark, if, you know, you follow along with that sort of thing, Huawei's phones are repeatedly scoring higher than Samsung and Pixels. So if, and, and I've been seeing those sample shots on Instagram uh, from my Android using pals and my Android influencer pals. And I have got to say, those are some really impressive shots they're posting, even on the Instagrams. So if that's a thing and you're looking forward to that, there's something to consider there. As far as you should go, usage, usage goes, uh, I've actually been reading a lot of within my own little bubble, my own little circle, complaints of people not really enjoying the Pixel 2 XL. It just seems to have been, I know, I know. So here's the thing. I, I, this is totally anecdotal, by the way. This is going completely off of Flo's Twitter activity. I know. So <laughs> Russell's holding up his Pixel 2 with a little orange, uh, Pixel 2 XL, a little orange button, his little panda phone. You know, it's a great phone. It's all the same, pretty much all the same stuff as inside the regular Pixel 2. But I haven't had any problems with my little Pixel 2. The Pixel 2 XL, though, it's just like, oh, there's lagging problems. Oh, there's touchscreen problems. Oh, and then, you know, in the beginning, there are all those yellow display issues. And, you know, there, and then there's battery issues. And then there's this issue. And I, I just feel like there's people just saying a lot of, uh, you know, annoyances about it. Whereas me and the Pixel 2 have had no problem 
at all since I purchased this thing. And I bought this thing while I was doing the live stream with Leo Laporte <laughs> for the Google event. <laughs> the best time so, to buy. I bet on it then, and I have been very happy with it ever since. Um, I also felt that way about last year's Pixel XL, though. So I don't know. I guess if you get to pick between Huawei, why not do it? Of course, <laughs> just because it's so exclusive, you can't get it in the U.S. Yeah. What? What? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Andy? You're a bit of a camera person. Like I know you like to go to the, the public library and take pictures. Like, have you have you seen the pictures from the Huawei P20? I've seen the pictures, and yeah, that's. That's a really impressive. Even on the camera. Mate 10 Pro, that I that I, the only other device that I have, it's like even on their Honor phones, like the Honor Nine had a really. It's a budget phone, and their camera. I don't know what it is about the software, but Huawei is good at camera stuff. Um, it's different than the way Google is good. Like I have to say, since they opened up the. Um, the uh, the camera API to other apps, like I see it now work in Instagram stories. So I'll see Instagram, I'll snap a photo and then immediately you'll see it do all the AI magic. And then it like looks like the perfect HDR picture. And it's so cool to see that happening. But of course, if you're not into the full Google experience, Huawei. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I like what the specs of, choose? I like the specs of the Huawei P20 Pro and yeah, mm-hmm. if, if 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 they're gonna let you buy anything, yeah, you know, don't go for the P twenty. They're gonna let you, you know, buy go it. For, go for the pro because <laughs> it's not because it's not just it's like three it's it's three, it's three uh, three sensors, one of which is just the, it's just a monochrome one just to get like more uh, dynamic range information. Uh, the sensor itself is like twice as big as what's in a uh, actually maybe even more than twice as big as what's in an iPhone ten. Uh, oh, a little yeah. less than twice as big as what's in a, a Galaxy S9, and I think I think that would just go down to it's a much more expensive phone. So have them buy it for you, and then sell it if it's if you're not thrilled about it, and then take the money to buy a Pixel 2 XL and yeah. an iPad and or three <laughs> days on Cape Cod Hold or whatever. On, Andy, don't say iPad yet. Remember, no, no you can. I can there's now iPad. Chrome OS tablets. So you don't have to go to the Apple way if you don't want to. It's not the same. <laughs> They're Remember, lovely. we're supposed to steer the teens away. We're gonna we're us. gonna we're gonna talk about another cool uh, Chromebook tablet uh, later after after the break. Yes. But yeah, it, but yeah, it's I've you've reminded me that I keep meaning to. I, I have contacts at Huawei where I should probably just ask them. Hey, <laughs> is the is the is the difference in photo quality between the P twenty and the P twenty Pro discernible by eye? Would, would hey, there be Andy, a way for a me to test that out for myself? Boston Public Library, and I mean, you've got your blog. Yeah, I've got my I, blog too now. Like yep. this is what it's for. And I got, and I got, and I, I got to say that. Uh, but to, to answer your question, though, uh, I probably would be really. It, it would hard to, to be. It would be very hard to sway me from the Pixel Two, only because there are so many other advantages. I think. I think Huawei. Build quality is. I don't think anybody's doing better than than Huawei in terms of creating a really good Android experience. I also don't think that. Uh, I don't think. I think the only way to get a better and cleaner experience is to get a Pixel, but it's way, way, mm-hmm. way up there. So I don't think you're giving up a lot. But the th- the still the thing that I really, really love Pixel phones for, even above and beyond the really cool camera, is that you're getting updates directly from Google, and also they will often the 
features that they might that Google might roll out in software for the launcher for different Google apps for the camera of uh, HDR uh, movies stuff like that that might be released for the rest of the Android community in a year or a year and a half you're getting it like day one and so I I, I like both ideas I can't I, I'll, I will tell you that if you if you are an absolute camera nut it would be really hard for me to say no don't take the don't take the the Huawei uh, but otherwise, as just as a phone, I mean, I'm I'm so I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'm so happy with the Pixel version one that I bought, like reconditioned. Uh, I, my motivation being, hey, I can get this for three hundred and ten dollars. Great, I'll buy it. And I'm so happy with it that I'm kind of looking really closely at what the Pixel three is this year, because I might say it would probably be. I I think that I owe it to my readers to make sure that I don't just borrow one for 30 days, but I own one for long-term testing because I'm I'm really that happy with my Pixel. You know, just put it on a credit card the American <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I assume because Andy said fine, that the other Andy, the one that emailed in, said fine contract, that I assume you can get it free or relatively cheap on the contract. Um, I, I agree with everything you two have said. I think for me, like if you want a, a very unique phone mm-hmm. with like an interesting camera, and it's a good-looking phone as well, the P20, I'd go to the P20, but if you care more about the software side of things and you want a really stable software experience, like I've loved the Pixel 2 XL. It takes great photos. I've had zero problems with the software or the battery or the whatever. I got one of the the later models that rolled off the production line as well, so I don't have any of the problems with the, the screen either. I've just been really happy with that phone. Like it is it is a good-looking phone as well, but it doesn't look anywhere near as good as the, the P20. You look at that thing and you're like, ooh, that's, that's one shiny, shiny phone. Yeah. I I also like the idea of if if Apple thought if Apple thought that people are going to be saying you know what I'm okay with people knowing that I'm willing to spend an extra two hundred dollars for for excellence like all right fine I'm willing to spend an extra eleven hundred dollars for excellence <laughs> yeah. can't put a price on excellence <laughs> we, we we should move on to another email that we had I think this one was more specifically directed at you Andy I believe you were talking about um you know really wanting an Android One phone in the U S. Uh, so someone wrote in, they said, I just finished listening to the latest episode. Uh, Andy had mentioned his longing for an Android One device. The Xiaomi Mi A1 is a very nice Android One device. It seems to work well on T-Mobile uh, here in the States. Mm. I purchased mine from Amazon for around $200. Mm. Uh, they're also sold on a website called Gearbest uh, as well. I can confirm that devices on Oreo and gets the latest security updates mm. from Google. Stock Android on that device runs smoothly. Uh, it's a nice budget-friendly device, so it might be worth a look. There you go. I like how that one has Oreo before. I like how that had Oreo before, like the Galaxy S7 or S8s yeah. from last year. <laughs> Which does that's actually, that's... sorry, I just want to quickly mention this last bit of listener feedback because these two tie together and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. Ian sent us an email saying, um, he's basically saying, you know, here are the differences between Android 1 and Android Go. Um, I actually found the distinction confusing until I had to go and research it. I don't know if you two are the same because originally back in 2014, I think, uh, Google introduced Android 1 and it was all about his exact sort of hardware specifications that you have to stick to and we'll make these budget phones and we'll launch them in developing countries. And then last year, Android Go came around and it was very similar but it didn't have the the hardware sort of restrictions. It was just like here's a stripped-down version of Android that you can run on cheaper phones that have like less RAM and less CPU and that kind of thing. And the distinction between those two kind of confuses me. I don't know if you two feel the same way. I actually overheard, I want to say it was Sundar, but I could just be referring to what I heard him say in 2014 or 2013. But I recall somebody last year at Google I.O. talking about the fact that Android Go is supposed to be specifically for emerging markets. 
So it's supposed to replace originally um, what Android One was meant to do. It was called Android One before, right? Yeah, yeah it was and Android, Android One is supposed to be a cheaper, like the Pixels are the premium phones, even though I know there's rumors of a mid-range one. Um, the Android One is slightly more stripped down just to kind of help push phones on Project Fi and like, you know, on pay-as-you-go plans, which is why it would work on T-Mobile, like a Xiaomi phone. And then Android Go is for very, very uh, low-end, mid-range phones for emerging markets um, like China and India. And those will run a specific subset of apps that are the light version. So like the YouTube light, the Google Maps light, like all those, all those little light apps. Mm. My my understanding of the difference between the two has always been that Android Go is more uh, more of a generic. Hey, this is the a, a version of the latest version of Android that is for uh, phones with low you know, low memory and low processing power and low resources. Yeah. And of course, that's going to be attractive for phones in uh, other market in uh, emerging markets or where uh, price is a really, really, really important thing. Whereas Android One is sort of Google's partner program with manufacturers to manufacture. Is, it, uh, an Android One phone will actually have the Android One logo on it. So this is something that yeah. Google has teamed up with this company to say, here is what you need to put in this phone. Here is what no, you know, you you can't have a rotary dial on it. That's not going. We're not going to let you do that uh, if you want the android one sticker on it so think of android one as google blessed and influenced hardware google one uh, google one being low uh, low impact software so you so you you might have like a google android go running on an android one let's say yeah that makes a lot of sense sorry i was gonna say i think it's okay. I was just going to add an aside that I think I need to stop referring to China as an emerging market because I'm actually <laughs> thinking of Latin America. No, in all honesty, because right. is we've we've seen the last couple of years is China is a direct competitor to the U.S. market in terms of smartphone hardware. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially with companies like Huawei and a few others from China. I really, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know I'm affluent or whatever, and I live in Australia, and the you know the. The average income here is a lot higher than most other countries, but I kind of like to see other companies competing in that high-end space. Like, it, it's a bit sad when you see that Samsung has dominated for so long in the Android space. It's it's just nice to see other people sort of enter with premium phones. And I know not everyone can afford those phones. I don't want to be elitist or anything, but I feel like in some ways it's like a sports car, right? Like I'm probably not going to own a Ferrari yes. in my lifetime. I don't need to drive a Ferrari. Like there's no reason to have one, but it's an amazing car to look at. And you look at it go down the street and you're like, wow, that car sounds cool and it looks really cool. And I feel the same way about uh, high-end smartphones is like you might not be able to afford one day to day, but it's nice to see manufacturers kind of pushing that leading edge and then watching those features uh, kind of coming into budget phones. You know, a year or two later, they kind of trickle down. You know, in similar ways to what cars do. Shall we? Shall we jump into our first ad? I think we shall. Let's jump into our first ad. This episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom. If your website was down right now, if visitors couldn't access your content or couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? You wouldn't until it was too late. And that's why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind that you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be an absolute breeze. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. So start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom 
Pingdom needs is the URL, and then they take care of the rest. Go to Pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL, which is the name of our podcast, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. That's code MATERIAL for 30% off your first invoice at Pingdom. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of the show and RelayFM. I want everybody to know that as we were jumping into that first ad, I made a visual aid on Skype of me diving into the ad space. <laughs> I just want I'm to out of it now, by that. the way. I'm, Flo I'm out is of the ad still pool. definitely in holiday mode in the two of as us. You still, have this, as you still have the smell of salt water and sea foam. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, that the salt water, the ocean, completely, like I was having all these skin ailments from. The winter this year has been really hard on me for whatever reason. <laughs> and no, seri- I, being 100% serious, and I went to the water, it was just like days later I felt renewed. Salt water is amazing. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I might have mentioned it before, but my new place is a like a 15-minute walk away from the town beach, which is, oh, like in nice. a co- which is like in a cove. So it's actually for New, new England, you're used to just saying, okay, kids, we drove an hour and a half. Now, collectively, we're gonna, we can't spend more than five and a half minutes or else hypothermia sets in. Uh, and <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm looking forward to after <laughs> sometime in month six or seven of living here, the weather being maybe warm enough that I could consider again because there's there's something about just saying i am going to i'm not going to go be in a pool i'm going to be in an adjunct of the ocean oh, yes <laughs> and 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 adjunct by the time the by the time i walk out I'll, I'll, my, my feet and my heels are going to be like baby smooth because i've been walking in the oh, sand exfoliation <laughs> exactly <laughs> And, uh, and nature's no, exfoliant. And, and, yeah, exactly. And 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 no joke. It's like I don't. Uh, it's not. It's not that I don't bathe, but I'm saying that if I can get away for like two days of not having to like shower or shampoo, I just want that smell in my hair of like ocean water, just to remind myself as I'm in hour eleven of what was supposed to be a 730 word piece that is now I'm trying to. Cut down ah, yes. from 340, 3,400 ah, yes. words. I remember, you know, remember the time where you were just floating, like on your back <laughs> with your, with your sun, <laughs> with your like sunscreen, sun goggles on. So you just sort of lift, just looking up and just, and then as you flip over and look at, oh, look, there's a, there's a horseshoe crab. Hello, Mr. Horseshoe Crab. I see you're got the same plans as I do just to let all live, let it all go by. I'll tell you what, when Daydream becomes a, a Yeah, when Daydream becomes a mainstream thing, this is how we should do our podcast. We're just all floating, yeah. floating in the ocean. Because I'm like Andy, I live in the south of Australia, and as that implies, we get Antarctic water and it's freezing. It's even freezing yeah. in summer. So some nice warm water with some fish and stuff would we be. We get amazing. we get the water that's coming up from the coming down from the Arctic. So we're getting like from Nova Scotia typically. Like a, and so but uh, again, if you're in sort of a cove where it has a chance to sort of like splash around and get caught in the sun and lose its anger, it, it can actually be quite okay to, to, to swim in. Now, speak, speaking of uh, tax-deductible vacations, maybe not vacations, but it'll be fun. <laughs> Google I.O. I was going to say, speaking of adjunct water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it is at the shoreline and there is actually a little water that – that uh, the shoreline touches, or where the Google I/O is. That's the water that killed those uh, those three Alcatraz uh, escapees. So, if the the sharks didn't get them first, 
So I don't know. I don't know if I <laughs> if I tempt that either. But there are no sharks in in the bay. I don't think we've ever had sharks. Maybe we have in this fall. We do have seals. Uh, yes, Google I/O. Sorry, I'm derailing this conversation. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're this Google is. Uh, this, I think this uh, the hallmark of this podcast is our ability to self derail. Some sometimes I was trying to give a geographical, <laughs> the, you know, no as good as imagery of the shoreline. Uh, that's why there's so many mosquitoes at Google I.O., you know, because there's like water, standing water nearby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so there have been some the entire the entire schedule for Google I.O. has not been made public yet, but a lot of it has. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's some new stuff that just got posted in the past week. Uh, so uh, Google Photos service is getting its own session the day after the keynote. Uh, and it said that the team will, quote, preview some exciting updates to Google <gasps> we Photos. We can finally remove our fences. Maybe. Don't jinx it. Don't Whoa. jinx it. Don't think it's um, fun. The thing is about this Google Photos thing, I saw this in the schedule as well. So I'm going to Google it this year. I scroll through the developer session. This is a developer session, Andy. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't want to jump the gun here. Like, I don't want to predict. I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. But what if there's things in Google Photos that developers can actually plug into? So you could potentially download some third-party developer-made plugin or something that if Google can't remove the damn fence from your photo, then maybe you know one of us developers can. Or maybe uh, it would go the reverse where you have your own camera app and so now as a developer, you have the ability to push this photo up to Google Photos and say, hi, please look, please look for people, with, with, for, for men with mustaches and remove the mustache and push it back down because I don't, I, we don't know how to do that. And we, this phone is not powerful enough to do that. But we heard that you have a mustache removal tool like the, like the, the Superman guy had used. That's where AI is going, that. Andy. Someday Google huh. Photos will be able to remove all your ex-boyfriends from every photo. I know what Google <laughs> should call Andy's idea. Less Mo. Just ping the Less Mo API. We'll take all the Mo's away. Less Mo? Less Mo. Less mustache. It's a mustache remover. The boyfriend one's harder. I can't come up with a a catchy name for that. I thought you were going for Five Guys Named Mo, that jukebox musical about uh, the (laughs) music of of, uh, Fats Waller. That would have been fun, too. That that is one hell. That's my favorite Broadway soundtrack. Hmm. Five months. Nice. Nice. To get back, get back to an earlier point. The what costs what costs us time is not derailing. Is that all three of us are trying to derail it in different directions. If we could just get together <laughs> and derail it in one direction at a time. <laughs> ah, I love it. But yeah, I mean, Google. So it's got me really excited about what they might demo during the like actual like day one consumer facing keynote. Photos has been getting a lot of prime time space during this during the keynotes since like 2015 since it was first uh, first released so clearly it, it, and you gotta it's easy to understand why this is a great space for google to show off of you see we everyone don't... uses it yep all my iphone friends guess what happened after hawaii the day after i got home i went select all and I just pushed and I made a universal photo album that all of my friends, uh, the, my friends that I went on vacation with, they added all of their images. We've got all the GIFs up there. We've got all the snippets. We've got all the motion photos. We've got all the selfies. We've got, we've got everything up there in one locale. And it's all because Google Photos has managed to, I mean, I would argue that this is Google's main mainstream app. Like this is the one that everybody uses because yeah. it's so good. Good for you, Google. And I and I just love the way that Google use. They it's been a long, long time since Google has 
really kind of tried to throw shade specifically at Google <laughs> during this keynote, excuse me, at Apple during a keynote. But Google Photos is, is the closest they come now because the, the subtext is, wow, it's so that's a really good like portrait mode where it, blur, you say it blurs the background and adds like really great face lighting effects. Wow. And it, how do you do that with wow, that's a really sophisticated pair of 3D cameras and infrared lighting dot projections. We just wrote some code uh, that kind of <laughs> does that even on someone's cheap $300 Motorola phone. But hey, you be you. Your, yours works okay, too. Oh, my gosh. looks a little bit better, be but I mean, they're about the same. Just because ours looks a you little guys. bit better, don't feel intimidated. I so I took the LG V30 as my I took yes I took a secondary phone on my vacation because I didn't want to use my Pixel 2 near the water because even though it's like IP68 I don't want it near the sand I don't want it near the sunscreen I don't want it you know it stays like in my with bag. The LG, I don't care we can dip that thing doesn't matter that's, no it's it, that, no, it's all but it's, it's all about hardware testing I've told myself that as well it's, like, it's hardware <laughs> testing I'm wearing it out well the other thing too is let's be real everyone I paid for the Pixel 2. Yep. Uh, with my money and I would like to be able to sell it for the next phone because that's how I, I, I do not get review devices from Google. So this is how I keep the pixel. So thank you, LG, for the borrow. But I will say that the phone has incredible, it's some incredible video tracking abilities on there. And so uh, I used it with, by the way, a Huawei selfie stick, which is one of the best selfie sticks I've ever used. It's one of those... Um, uh, selfie stick slash tripod where you can like pull pull out the legs and it like stands up on its own. So this thing is fantastic. It head on to the phone during an entire boat ride. And when I got home, Google Photos put together this beautiful reel and I used my, like the three panning techniques I've learned in the last like two years of shooting my own B-roll, <laughs> which by the way is nothing compared to what our YouTube friends do, by the way, every day. But I love the way Google Photos strung it together as if I had edited the thing in Premiere myself. Yep. <laughs> it was just like this beautiful uh, this beautiful array of these panning shots. It put music to it. Uh, I went and I changed the music, though, because I have to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. The, the music that Google Photos provides us with, the royalty-free music, is a little cheesy. I don't, in all honesty, just to pause you there, Flo, I don't, Google, big company, lots of money, Google Photos, lots of money probably flowing in from advertising, you know, resources and stuff. I don't know why they can't hire some musicians and make some They can't really, like hire, it'd be like, hey, Taylor get, Swift, make us a, <laughs> you know, a yeah. royalty-free music, we'll, we'll give some you music. some money. Like, yeah, it seems, seems like the one big thing, like I really enjoy when it puts together those photos, uh, albums and movie things as well. But the, the music they put over it, it's like, it's like the one thing that lets down your product. You've got this amazing scenery and then it's like ding, 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 ding. And it's like, oh, really, Google. The other thing that annoys me just a tiny <laughs> bit is, is they're a little bit overzealous with it. Like I haven't been on holidays for a good six months and it's still trying to put together photo albums of like a day in Adelaide. I'm like, yeah, that's me just. Where I, live, I went shopping that day pictures. and I took a picture of a nice scenery that day. I love day. that you've tried to mesh it into nice. an album. I do. I really appreciate the effort, but may, maybe save it for when I actually leave Adelaide. Like just, just say. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't have. It's. I wouldn't elevate it to the to the level of a complaint, but it's it's like a day in the town next to yours, which has the <laughs> coffee shop that you routinely go to two days to three days a week just to work. Like, wow, I had a great excursion three miles away that was almost not even worth taking the bike out to get to. Now, just understand that I, I was just, again, I was just at Starbucks using the free Wi-Fi. I didn't, this was not Babar's great adventure or anything like that. 
So Google I.O., it's funny because we just went on this whole tangent about Google Photos. I think that's definitely, I have to say, to, to sort of stamp the discussion, it's definitely the thing that I look forward to from the Google I.O. keynote now. It is the Google Photos discussion. What's the new stuff I can tell my non-Google using friends about? Um, you know, the share gifts feature I found out about at a keynote, and that's how I, you know, yeah. I spread the message. Yeah. <laughs> and it resonated. And what, and Lots of, nice, of shared albums of kids growing now, which is awesome. One of the nicest things about it is that just new features just sort of appear and you find out, hey, wow, have you tried this yeah. new feature? Yeah, it's been around for like a month and a half, two months. Uh, it's not in the show notes, but uh, I think on one of the Google blogs, uh, uh, official blogs, I think they mentioned that now not, not only can uh, Google Photos automatically identify dogs, if you do a search for show me pictures of dogs, uh, but it will also now it's actually good enough to actually spot breeds. So you can wow. say, I want beagles, but not schnauzers, which is great because I really have no idea what dogs are. They're the big ones that are angry. There's the big ones that are friendly. <laughs> the friendly ones that dog. Are angry. Show me pictures uh, of friendly dogs. A um, couple more things to sort of look forward to. I We were talking about this earlier is the Chrome. Well, there's this is Chromebook. Chromebook Challenger to the iPad. Yep. So is this Chromebook or is this a Chrome OS tablet? Is there a difference? Um, this is a this is a yes. There's a difference. Oh, it detaches. Sorry, um, but, that, that's, but that's not Google I/O. That's uh, I want. I wanted to ask Russell about something that oh. was also in the schedule um, I've, that I've sort of barely Sorry. heard about, but I don't feel like I understand it. Uh, so apparently, they're rolling out dot uh, app uh, domain like app develop deployments. And all I know about dot app is that it is a top level domain that Google has. It's absolutely automatic. It's only it can only be used for secure content, and it's directed towards apps and developers. But I don't know if that's just sort of like the background channel that's going to be used to anytime your anytime your app needs to talk to another server, it can use it. It can go through uh, uh, a, a, a dot app address, or whether it's going to be used for like push apps or for what is that a big hmm. deal, or is it just something that people that I wrote down because I didn't recognize it and I was worried that it might be more important than I know it is. Oh, this is the part where I provide you with really informative insight. Um, I actually did some research into this, Andy, because I saw it. You put it in the show doc. I have no idea, to be honest. Like I looked into it. I know that <laughs> .app is a domain. It's a high-level tier. The I believe it's it's owned by Google or or someone that you know can license it to them. I I really don't know what they plan to do with it. That's one of the sessions I saw on there as well. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like I, I wonder if that'd be worth attending because you don't know. When you're reading these session descriptions, um, you don't know whether it's going to be the most mind-blowing thing in history or whether they're just going to recount something they did three years ago because they sometimes do that. They like to keep people up to date and sort of, you know, re-go over stuff they've been through they're through before. But the problem is if you've been to, you know, I know it's a first-world problem, but if you've been to every one of the Google O's and you sit in one of these sessions, you're like, damn it, this is the same session that aired like two years ago. What am I doing here? And yeah. you sort of try and that's sneak out That's not a first world it. problem. It kind I of think is. that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I think it's a fair assessment as a developer if you're paying $1,000 plus plane ticket and and lodging to come learn something to feel like this is being, you know, something is being sort of regurgitated in a different manner or something of the sort. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm sure there's not. There's a whole bunch of developers that don't attend every single year, and they probably. Really well, that's how I feel about the keynotes. Sessions. Like you announced this last year, why are you announcing it again? <laughs> yeah. Like just remove the fence from the photo already. Like right. I've literally been taking pictures of fences 
Like, so I can see this happen, and it still does not happen. We should start a countdown Waiting. site. I'm going to buy a domain. We're going to start a countdown of how, how long it's been since Google told us it would remove fences until it actually Hey, I have fences. domain space. We can do that. We'll put a whole <laughs> countdown a on. Now, now that Abe, Abe Vigoda is dead, uh, we need a new replacement for that that website that you checked, and we'll just simply tell you Abe Vigoda is alive or Abe Vigoda is dead. So now you can say, yes, the, the it'll just be a website with a, a simple, actually, we won't even do JavaScript. We'll just have like a static HTML page that says the remove the oh, chain link fence feature of Google Photos is live. The Google chain link feature is not live. But but yes, yeah, so let's we can talk about the HP Chromebook X2 <laughs> because like a, you can tell it's a premium product and not like one of them, 300, that $300 like tablet we're talking, a Chromebook tablet we're talking about from Acer a couple weeks ago because it's got a cool name like the X2. That's what you like a, like a spaceship or a fighter jet, the X2. Woo. Yeah, boom, and boom, if it's boom. a fighter jet, it's like some experimental thing that goes really fast and high and and it's super deluxe too. It costs five hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> like like anybody's got five hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh wait, no. Everybody who owns an iPad Pro had five hundred and ninety nine dollars. But if you bought the HP Chromebook two, which ships ships in in June, uh, you get a twelve point three inch screen. Uh, it comes with like a, a dockable keyboard cover, so it will actually kind of work like a laptop as opposed to just a floppy keyboard cover. It includes a stylus. You get two USB-C ports, <laughs> so one for charging, one for accessory, a micro SD slot, uh, 32 gigs of storage, which ain't a hell of a lot, but hey, it's got a micro SD slot, so you can put them wherever you want, uh, four gigs of RAM. Uh, it's, it is a Chromebook, so it does run Chrome OS, uh, but uh, but because it's 2018, it'll also run like a lot of Android apps. So it's not as it, it won't have the same kind of firepower as uh, productivity wise as the iOS uh, library for the iPad. But still, it's another interesting thing to think about if you have 650, 700 bucks in your pocket and you need to buy a laptop that doesn't have to be a $2,000 like your entire productivity ThinkPad but you just want something to carry around when you're not in the office and you were thinking about maybe buying an iPad Pro and which is a, again a wonderful machine but then you got to add 99 bucks for the pencil and another 130 bucks I think for the keyboard cover and and then you suddenly find out why Apple Apple's the most profitable company in the world they don't know how to sell you more stuff they're just like yeah. ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. well to be fair the pencil again is really good i it's mean there are people good. who have whole entire art businesses based on the pencil to the ipad pro so the oh, one nice the kicker here gonna is going to be the stylus it's it's always going to be the stylus if you're going to sell any of these things to artists it's got to have the stylus capabilities that uh the ipad pro the pencil does yeah. I well, mean, and there's the and there's the bonus question of if you want to see how well the Apple Pencil works, here are any of a dozen awesome art apps and just markup apps that support it directly in iOS as an iPad Pro app. What web-based app can you point to <laughs> that will do anything other than, hey, look, you can actually write words on this yep. thing that won't be turned into actual text, but it's like writing on paper almost, except for you have to charge the battery of this paper. Uh, and it's it's... Uh, Chrome OS is a wonderful, really great sell for a notebook form factor. I've yet to yes. be really, really wowed by it yes. and anything approximating a tablet. So that thing, and for six hundred bucks, you are 
in the basic range of a touch of a uh, touchscreen based Windows 10 uh, device that may be a convertible and, and will have better art apps for it probably than the Chromebook. So, which is not to say that I'm I'm not intrigued by the X2. I think it's a really it's it's cool to see all these companies trying to stretch what a Chromebook is and thinking that it's now credible enough that you can say to somebody who again thought they were definitely going to be spending six or seven hundred dollars for an iPad, say, well, you can do that. Hint, if you go get an Acer Chromebook flip, you'll spend less and you'll be just as happy. If all you want is Chrome OS, <laughs> just trust me on that one, especially you writers <laughs> out there who want something light. Yeah. Um, now there's, so that's been released. There's a, it was fun watching this next story unfold because uh, sometimes there's an FCC filing for, so, you know, if you're going to, if you're about to release a piece of hardware uh, under certain circumstances, of course, you have to file paperwork for the FCC first to make sure you get certification before you can sell it in the United States of America, which means that there can be, all, and there are people who are hardworking journalists who do nothing but keep an eye on such filings, or at least Keep an eye on Reddit to, in case somebody else spotted it and posted it so you can write about it. Uh, and so uh, there was a story early, earlier on the week about an FCC filing that for a, uh, a TV dongle that ran Android TV, like the latest edition of Android TV, uh, and it looked like essentially a Chromecast, like a kind of a bulky Chromecast device, like it's just a, a, little, a little tiny, tiny, tiny little uh, hotel soap <laughs> disc. Uh, connected to a stubby little uh, HDMI connector, but it had actual like Google logos and branding on it. And so the speculation earlier in the week was that it's not unheard of for a manufacturer that with the word Shenzhen in it listed as the you know as the manufacturing company of uh, of, of record to be that gutsy to say no, we're going to put the Google logo on it. No, it's not a Google device, but yeah, we're going to put the Google logo on it. Uh, but it's also not unheard of for a company to have the company that's kind of sub manufacturing the thing you design file the paperwork on your behalf. But this thing had picked photos, not illustrations, but photos. It had the entire user manual, so you could tell that it was uh, uh, based on a quad core M Logic uh, system on a chip. Uh, running at uh, 1.5 or 2 gigahertz, 2 gigabytes of RAM, 8 gigs of storage, uh, 4K compatible, hardware-accelerated video uh, decoding uh, out at uh, 60 frames per second. So it's like, yeah, that looks – it could – it certainly could be. And so it, people were saying, okay, I, I, I think that this is going to be a Google device. And then <laughs> this, this FCC filing was amended with a brand-new cover letter yes. – that should have been there to begin with because it said, oh, by the way, FCC, uh, the manual and the photographs are confidential. So uh, we're giving them to you, but please don't post it on the website. So that's easy. Yes. So now we're, ca- we're kind of thinking this is a new Android TV dongle, which would kick butt because I love Android TV on my Shield TV. Uh, but it's still you got to re- you you have to have someone like me who's a friend of yours or uh, uh, be or be one of your trusted journalists whose opinion that you really really respect who who can really explain to you oh I really love this and this is great and this is it's the best uh, streaming box I have because it costs so much money it's like 150 bucks for the cheap one that if they were to now come out with an Android TV dongle that would be let's say 50 bucks compared to a Chromecast 30 bucks. 
uh, or even let's say s- somewhere close to a cheap Roku box, let's say $60 or less, that Ooh. really changes the whole game. Roku's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's uh, the Chromecast Ultra cost in the US? Like the, the fancy it's 60. high 60 I reckon this could be as high as $99. Yeah. It, ooh. Interesting. Maybe. Well, unless you think it comes in instead control, of the Chromecast Ultra, yeah, which is supposedly has voice control on it, and um, by the way, it takes apparently two alkaline batteries. Which hello, past. <laughs> I'm just that, saying that, that's that, so old school. Well, on the, on the remote, like, what, what are you, what are you going to do? It's that it, it stinks to have to, you know, once every three or four months put these do these two like 88 cent batteries in there. I would much rather it be like my Apple TV remote where it just dies and I have to go and find a lightning cable to plug it into so that I can tell YouTube, please stop auto playing the next video you think I see, want to see. It's a lot easier. Just plug it in. Exactly. Yeah. It's the magic of electricity. I'm let's make the record show. Flo is advocating for a remote control that plugs into wall a wall outlet for maximum convenience. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. on the fence. Happen, I'm on the fence I'm not, about I'm not, this one I'm because not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just want to make sure that we're articulating that a remote control for the TV that plugs into a wall outlet. If only we could have it like connected via Ethernet, you know, for like a, 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 a nice fat Cat Six cable. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, don't, don't straw man it. Like it's don't I, don't I, worry I, don't worry about interference with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Don't worry about the slow speeds. Like how long is it taking for the for the pause button to register? No, 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 no. You'll get one megabit speed of transmitting that key press. Look, I'm I'm all on board for the recharge of remote control when it comes to. Um, environmental issues because you're not throwing out batteries every six months or however long these things. Some of them last up to 12 months. They do last a long time. But it, I, I do agree with Andy that when they die, it's super inconvenient to have to try and find like a wall charger to to plug it into because you're not expecting it to die. You're just like, oh, this thing's dead. That's weird. Like, but I have in. all my wall chargers in this in this bookshelf. Yeah. Right behind but I think me if I had to drawers. choose between the two, I'd go the rechargeable remote control. Sorry, Andy. It's just the convenience of not having a whole bunch of batteries lying around, you know, that you have to throw in the bin when you're done with them, like versus the convenience of, oh, it's died. I can't swap it out within three seconds. I actually have to plug it into the wall for a good five minutes probably before I'm going to be able to do stuff with it. Like it's that trade-off. And I think me personally, I'd I'd make the rechargeable trade-off. Cause and, to, and, and to be fair... Just not on my probably- mouse though. Not on my mouse. Yeah. I hate this mouse. Oh, I hate God. this mouse yeah, with a yeah. passion. So I'm holding up the, hold, the Apple hold, mouse. He actually, he could be holding any Apple mouse because the phrase, <laughs> I hate this mouse, I think applies to anything except for anything from the, that's not either the Mac SE or earlier. I think you could definitely, any from the iMac area, era up. Uh, I, I, I will admit that I am probably more likely to be able to find a lightning cable and a USB charger somewhere in my house than it worst comes to worst, if I'm out of AA batteries, well, okay, now I am hosed. This is this is why I do buy like that huge, that that huge like 88 <laughs> battery brick of AA batteries, and I have them in a little drawer, and like I have a library catalog that's with a drawer just labeled batteries. But yeah, that's so so. Per- I acknowledge the rightness of your position as well. <laughs> uh, we should acknowledge our next sponsor. Of uh, this episode, so that we can afford more alkaline batteries. Yes. (laughs) 
This episode of The Material Podcast is brought to you by Slack. Slack is a collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work in easily searchable channels. You can use Slack for projects, interests, teams, or for your office. And when you do, you'll know all the right people are always in the loop, all the relevant information is in one place, and it's easy for new team members to get up to speed. Slack helps you dramatically reduce the number of emails you need to send, and it helps streamline your team's communication. With Slack, your team can make use of real-time messaging, video and voice calls, group file sharing, searchable archives, all in one easy to use app. Plus, you can drop in, drag and drop file sharing that works with apps you already use, like Google Drive, Salesforce, Zendesk, and more. And Slack works wherever you do. Their mobile apps for iOS and Android also sync seamlessly, so you can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. We use Slack in Our friendship channels. That's right. I have a free friendship Slack that I use between me and my close friends, and that's how we plan hangouts. It's fun, and it keeps all of our stuff in one place. Plus, we get to use all those fun giffies. And who doesn't like a fun giffy? Uh, To learn more about Slack and see how you can use it among your friends groups or even your business community, head to slack.com. That's slack.com. Super easy. Thanks to Slack for their support of Relay FM and for giving us an easy, super easy way to communicate. Slack, it's where work happens. I find it funny that we were actually discussing having this sponsor break using the sponsor's software. So it's not an endorsement by any means, <laughs> but I, I do like the service. I use it a lot. Ask the person, if we're not just spokespeople, we're also clients. <laughs> True. Uh, you know what I am also a client of is uh, Google Sheets. You know, thousand sweat, thread count, yeah, Egyptian cotton. Mm, so you know, soft. you treat your you treat yourself. Can to, you imagine? You treat yourself to <laughs> one to two good sets of Google Sheets. Machine learning spun cotton. Can you imagine? <gasps> mm, that's oh my gosh! That's going to be a Google I/O experiment. We're going to go and there, there's going to be one of those robot hands instead of painting. It's spinning clothes and it's <laughs> making. Oh so my that partnership God. with Levi's, right? There was the the Google jacket, which. Totally took off and everyone no, has one No, but now it's actually like weaving the, you know, the capacitive thread like in, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, the future. I'm, I'm more concerned about what the machine would learn about me and like eight hours of me tossing and turning in my <laughs> my, my body all over this sheet over the course of the evening. I'd much, I'd much rather like it not learn, forget what it had learned. I would much rather. Andy's dreams too lucid. <laughs> Too lucid. No, but okay, so Google Sheets, I mean, I do, uh, thank you to the magic of being free, I do use the Google Doc Suite for my freelance business because it is gratis. Um, And now there's a cloud-first macro recorder, which is so very Microsoft (laughs) Office-y. Oh, man. I remember macros from like 15 years ago when people go crazy in Excel. There was a special tab you'd switch to and you'd write all this... Visual Basic Code or whatever the heck it was, and you could come up with the oh, wackiest man. stuff in there. But it was also but only the coolest people knew how to do that. Stuff. But not only that, it was super <laughs> useful, right? Imagine pressing one button and having your spreadsheet do a whole bunch of stuff. Like it, it literally looked like Voodoo Magic when you showed it to like someone who wasn't into development or macros. I like, think that's what my husband gets paid to do. Look at by this. the way, is, yeah. is put together Excel spreadsheets that like. Like he's he's always like oh let me show you how to he'll pro he programmed all of our wedding spreadsheets and it was like amazing like he just he just did it but anyway now I think that, can, can I just interject and say that I think that I think I remember there there being an actual like uh, ethical of uh, the uh, I think it was even the New York Times uh, the the ethicist column where someone uh, someone wrote in saying that 
I've just taken over like a, a new job from someone else. Uh, and it involves mm. like preparing these immense pile of reports that have to come to be done twice a week. And this was like this, this person was spending like eight hours a day on it. It was like really the only task he had. And, but he had part, but I have skills he doesn't have. And like after week number three, I had written a bunch of scripts and macros that allows me to do each of these scripts for about 20 minutes and it's done leaving me with the no responsibilities for the rest of the week and, and the question was ethically am i obligated to tell my employer that i'm essentially <laughs> cl clicking one button verifying that there were no errors and then going out for pancakes for the next 72 hours <laughs> instead of instead of like grinding 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 as this previous employee used to do is that like me using grammarly to help me <laughs> edit before i turn it in I use it for help. I do not rely on it. It is not a crutch. It is only for help. Um, okay, so if you're interested in using this, uh, Sheets converts the macro actions into an app script automatically. So if you want to update the macro, you just edit the script directly instead of re-recording it, which is nice and convenient. You can write your own app script functions and import them as new macros, which is very helpful. And the best part is that they're used for cloud-based files. So if you're using this in an organization, which G Suite is like... Now it is um, becoming more and more used for organizations, becoming more and more used for work. They, Google really wants to set the precedent that its online apps are to be used for your company. So all of this will be low, yeah, based in the cloud. All macros will exist up there. Very easy to kind of like share this. So, you know, if you do leave a job, you could pass this macro down to the next person very easily and... Um, have them curse your they, name forever, you know. like all the other macros I've seen. They're like, Russell. This is what you've been doing. <laughs> what have you done? What is this tangled mess? I'm like, bye. Mm. I don't work for this company anymore. Um, we will post the link for our listeners in the notes if you're interested in seeing the blog that Google wrote about it, kind of get a little introduction to it. Um, this is just – this is important because as I'm realizing more and more with my daily Google use, I'm – falling up falling away more from hangouts and sort of the the businessy things and into into other apps and i'm realizing the way that google wants us to use its apps is is in this business it, it, this is google getting serious basically <laughs> is what i'm trying to say yeah they're, they're, very they're, serious they're really trying to hammer home the point of the, you you have people who have already uh, due to it, due to uh, due to the Google Apps Suite being free, deciding that hey, we want to definitely use this, and now them saying that oh well, we'll we'll let you do pivot tables, we'll let, tables, we'll let you do macros, we will let you do everything you have to do to forget how to spell Excel uh, or forget about that horrible time you spent with this Microsoft product that you had to actually pay for. Um, I have to. This is one of those areas that I'm embarrassed to say that I do have to like call friends of mine who work in real jobs in real offices because I I use Google Sheets but only like for like outlines and just to do like simple tables of math. So I don't understand what spreadsheets are really used for in an actual office. So I have to have some. Can you show oh, me Andy, what you do? The answer is everything. Everything. <laughs> spreadsheets. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, uh, one really cool uh, mm -hmm. stuff thing I found on the Google Research blog that was actually posted uh, like just I think earlier today, like the day we're recording, 
uh, really awesome. A new feature they're calling Look to Listen uh, via Google Research. That uh, So if you've got like a, a video where there are lots of people talking at the same time or just there's somebody t- there's a speaker talking but there's like it's he's he's like in a crowded bar and there are like a million people also in the bar and like and music and noise it's impossible to just like isolate this person's voice talking uh, out of that and if you're using uh, like on YouTube if you're using the uh, if you're tr- relying on it to automatically generate closed captions for uh, for assistive devices that's just impossible for the algorithm to figure out how to do that. But uh, so the at Google Research, they figured out that, well, if if it's a video of somebody talking, instead of just algorithmically processing the audio to try to look for frequencies that associated with a human voice, we can also do that really, really not creepy at all, HAL 9000 lip reading sort of thing, where we can identify faces that are speaking and try to match up the lip movements with sounds that we think are human speech. And in doing so, you can have two people who are actually talking over each other, like at a presidential debate or something like that, and now separate it out to here is person A, here is person B, because they know that the, the lips are matching one set of text that they think they see. Another set of text, another set of lips doesn't match these other noises, but it does match these noises. So we're going to create two transcripts for A and B. Uh, and there are demos of it on the Google Research blog with a whole bunch of different examples of this. Um, and it sounds like a really cool demo, but if if it just makes it way, way easier for like uh, again for captions to be automatically added to videos and also stuff like uh, uh, stuff like uh, like uh, lectures and and presentations where again it's they're 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 clinking plates they're they're people who are like talking in the background you can't really hear things really the the, the number of times that I pop on my headphones uh, is usually because whoever was recording the audio just didn't have a good mic on the subject. And I can and I can just sort of make out a voice mixed into all the other background noise. But if there were an ability to simply click a button and say, "Please, just like isolate, either isolate the the person who's speaking, or at least just like change the mix so that this is a lot louder than what's going in the background." The idea of doing that just by processing it through an algorithm, as opposed to hiring people to do really weird sound effects, that's pretty freaking cool. That that sounds very 2018 to me. I think it's worth noting that this is really sort of what I'm seeing is that it's uh it's audio visual. So yeah. the machine learning is very much, I mean, if we think about it, this, this, the, the basis of this machine learning is probably the same thing. That's like driving Google photos in some, in some cases, at least knowing Google. <laughs> um, one thing I learned when uh, I was doing that article a couple of weeks back about whether the Google Home Max um, can actually do what it does with audio is that machine learning has a very hard time with audio on its own. And so the reason that this is so useful here is because it's a visual element that it can sort of like tack onto, which is the actual lips moving on the human. It's very, it's just very interesting I just wanted to point that out. So, so like <laughs> it's, it's, it, it needs it needs to use its phone a friend for this question. <laughs> uh, yeah, it need it needs. A, I guess it needs a visual aid, or at least this is this is my understanding. I could be completely wrong, and obviously, I have not explored all sides of this. But uh, but I'm just looking at this as a this is where machine learning is headed. This is going to be very useful for 
<clears throat> excuse me, this is going to be very useful for YouTube. I notice now that when we use, uh, when I watch videos sometimes with the automatic closed captioning, like it'll be kind of off, which is hilarious, <laughs> in, but also not very helpful for those who are hearing impaired. Um, I think it's going to be, I imagine this would be really helpful if I were transcribing an interview and I needed just to get like the raw. And I think, I imagine this would be super helpful for like political reporters so that they can just, they can grab the uh, the dialogue from, you know, a round table or a Senate hearing or whatever, which are usually uh, taped, taped video is what I mean. Um, <laughs> Go straight to tape. But again, spin around. this doesn't help Flo because Flo listens listens to audio you know you know what though like I, I never want to do people out of a job but i've noticed that every big sort of conference i go to and this is a really good thing for accessibility reasons they have a few people sitting in the front yes, row yes. and they're actually transcribing oh, yeah, in real time yeah point. what people are saying and that that looks like a hard job and i you know i appreciate people that do that job and if there's some way to to get a machine to do that job like well then potentially for people that can't afford you know people that can sit down and transcribe like if you're just doing a little presentation and for whatever reason i don't know why but you can't afford someone to transcribe it or you just haven't thought of it if you could throw something in there that does it for you and gets you know 90 percent accuracy or whatever and can actually figure out who's saying what that could be really cool people you know for, for people that are hearing impaired and can't necessarily um you know they, they can watch the video and they can see it but they can't sort of listen to the audio if they can get sort of automatic subtitles then yeah that, that could be a real cool thing yeah you've just yeah you've just reminded me of one of my favorite things about uh, google io when I'm binge watching all the all the videos that get posted are uh, the access they, they usually in the main keynote they will mention accessibility features but yeah. then when you get the actual accessibility team speaking for an hour about things that they've added and they it turns out to be things that I am an idiot it's like I I it's absolutely patently obvious that this should have been done two or three years ago to someone who was just a, to, as someone who has just had it explained to me and now I feel stupid for not realizing three or four years ago that this feature that I thought was really really wonderful was perhaps poorly thought out because it means that anybody with a disability cannot use it at all uh, and the amount of work that gets done to make <laughs> to it's it's almost as if there's this you pull down on this wall sconce on your phone and flips over showing you this entire new room, this entire new wing of the castle you didn't know existed because you didn't know – I didn't know that I could take a selfie by having – please explain – telling the phone to switch to the camera app and then have the, have the camera tell me what it sees. <laughs> and like there's a human face and next to another face. It's a little bit to the right. Now it's centered. Oh, Great. that's now, amazing. Now take it. It's like I can't – and this was part of the demos I think in last year's uh, accessibility thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. That is so cool. That is amazing. Yeah. That is so great. One, one of the one of the members of the team who has like severe uh, visual impairment was giving this demonstration about. It. So he's taking a selfie, despite the fact that of course he can't see what the selfie camera is doing, but the camera is telling him what the camera sees and what the picture will kind of look like. And it's like, oh, well done. You guys are just reminding me about why I love being a Google user, which I know I'm not, you know, I know it sounds like hyperbole, but in all honesty, it's just these little things that I really appreciate are accounted for. Um, I appreciate the fact that there is a video of a, of a, of a session that is covering these things with the people that can really, with people sh who can really benefit from it, showcasing it. Um, and I think I also think about the fact that when we talk about tech, more and more it's 
becoming, oh, here's stuff that you can do, but it's not exactly to aid in bettering your life, but this is a real reason, a real way that you can better <laughs> someone's life. And yeah, like Russell was saying, this particular thing maybe is going to be a bummer because maybe we're going to be translating live talks without the need for a real-time interpreter, but at the same time, maybe that means that the most inaccessible talks will finally become very accessible so that, you know, more people are attending those sessions or attending those talks or whatever, people feel like they can be a part of the world without being excluded. And I think that's a very beautiful thing. And I'm always in favor of that. So, yeah. You know, just a soapbox on that. <laughs> I mean, but b- before we end the show, I mean, that's uh, uh, talk about things that realizing how dumb I am because of. Uh, Learning something that sh- I felt I feel like should have been obvious to the be- to the very beginning, um, I always thought that I was very I, I had the correct attitude about uh, uh, about accessibility uh, and not just computers but also you know uh, cars, sidewalks, uh, services, forms. People have to fill out everything like that. Um, and I, it used to be well, I, I don't. There's no reason why accommodation shouldn't be made to make sure that everyone can use these things. And and that and that was fine as far as it goes. But then I don't I I don't know if it's something I read. I don't think I'm clever enough to have figured this out by myself. But it was just the understanding that no no no, it's not a question of accommodating people. It's about acknowledging that everybody has rights. And that if you if this if the commuter if the commuter rail system and the sidewalk and the and the parking lot uh, next to the commuter rail station and the sidewalks that go from the commuter rail station into the city don't uh, don't uh, accommodate people who have disabilities, you are denying these people the freedom to work wherever they want to go, live wherever they want to go, uh, entertain themselves wherever they want to go, and this is something they have the right to do. And so it's not a question of we're accommodating this; it's that no society of which of which we are all a part this is something that we required to do just like we would not say that hey look i'm sorry you've got a beard so we're not going to let you board this train (laughs) it's going to be no it doesn't matter if this person has a beard or not they they've got the 11 dollars. they have the right to take this commuter rail all the way into boston if they want to so yeah it's it's so it's but but also i gotta say as just as a nerd i'm like i'm it's so amazing that people are making these incredible pieces of technology that I would never have imagined that they, I hope they work well. And I'm, I, I know that we have listeners um, who have disabilities who can clue us in, uh, let us know how things are working, particularly after Google I.O., if there are announcements that the, that the, they can clue us in on. But uh, as an outside observer, it's like, oh, this is such a cool, this is such a cool application of technology. Just again, just visually describing what a camera is seeing so that if you can't see the screen, here's here's your, your method of taking taking a good picture. We will drop a link in the show notes so that you can check out how this works in, well, how, how it's supposed to work. There's even a fun little video of a double Sundar. So <laughs> double Sundar. Double Sundar. Two not just one, but two two Sundars. See, and one and one of the one of them has one of them has is wearing like a blue like martial arts gi. The other one's wearing a red one. They say, Finally, my brother, we meet for the final time. <laughs> Only one will live, as it should always be. Fight! <laughs> Finish him! 
Also, one Sunda has a goatee and one doesn't. And which one's the evil one? Because in real life, he has one. It's like, I don't know. It's confusing. No, no. One, uh, one, one like, uh, was, was kicked out of the dosho that his family has trained at for generation <laughs> after generation. But whereas the family thought that he would be, he'd become a drunken layabout, he'd actually been completing his own warrior's pilgrimage, learning a brand new style of fighting to which this, the family village, insulated for a thousand years, had never been aware of. And so it will be the heart of tra- of tradition against the fluidity of innovation. Who will win? Wow. Who I, will I, win I, I like I like, I like I Sundar's idea, uh, chances of this one. I don't know whether it's going to be the red one or the blue one, but I it depends. It depends on it depends on which one is button mashing and which one has written the, has, has read the cheat book. Anyway, <laughs> before we get into hour three with another diversion. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Flo, anything you anything you want you want to plug before we before we take off? I updated my website. Yay! Uh, so if you go to florenceion.com now, I have a blog. I haven't really updated any. I mean, I, I have a new I have a blog up there, and <laughs> the intention is to blog, and the intention is to receive your queries, whether you have questions about uh, any of the stuff I cover, um, maybe you want to go more in depth or something. Um, it helps me know what's going on with you. And, uh, it also is a great way for me to connect with people out there. And as well, I'll just be using the website to kind of update people on where I'm writing. And speaking of where I'm writing while I was gone, uh, had a big, big, big list go up at review.com of everything that works with the Google home, Yay! which Please go see, because that took me a while to put together. <laughs> uh, and as well, whether if you're thinking about getting a smart hub, um, or maybe you're just thinking about buying the Google Home and seeing if that works as a smart hub, I've got an explanation for that up on Engadget.com. So, yay, I'm working. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to work. It is it's good, good to, to work, isn't it? <laughs> Russell, ha- have, have you been getting work? It's oh, a good question. Russell's oh. employed and runs his own business, so <laughs> gainfully employed. I, I don't know if my employer's listening. There, are you, Russell? Yes, Russell, I am. I'm right here. Damn it, Russell, you're the worst manager in the See? world. You follow me everywhere I go. Um, yes. Russell, did you remember to punch out before doing your little radio show with your friends? Oh. It's supposed to be your lunch hour, you know. You don't get two lunch hours for this. All right, kids, let me give you some advice. Uh, people are going to tell you that you should become independent because it's the best thing in the world and you get to set your own schedule and you go on holidays. And sometimes that's true. You can it's clock true. out or whatever. But most of the time, all that happens is your employer, who is you, follows you around 24 hours a day and just <laughs> tells you things. They're like, Russell, did you? Oh, I forgot to update that thing. So you're logging in at like 10.30 at night like I did last night and you're pushing stuff to servers because you forgot to push something to the servers. Whereas if you were employed by employer, they wouldn't be able to hassle you. You'd just be like, ah, I'll see you at 9.30 tomorrow, suckers, where I'll be deploying yeah. that code. And who cares if it's down for a whole day? It's not my company. Uh, yeah, But, but you can find uh, all of that and more at twitter.com slash rustyshelf. Uh, whereas uh, I'm taking, uh, I myself am taking advantage of the extended winter to pick up uh, some neighborhood snow shoveling jobs. Uh, so if you are in the uh, southern New England area uh, and there is another nor'easter, um, I, I, I still have to use one of those push shovels because I don't, I can't afford a snow thrower. But walkways, sidewalks, uh, I do own my own bag of salt. Uh, my rates are very, very competitive compared to whatever you've been paying the neighbors' kids. <laughs> 
Oh, actually, no. Things are things are better. Those better. kids want yeah. iPhones. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and Apple Watches. Damn. No, they, yeah. they they'll they'll be the ones who are like hiring me to do their chores. You I'll know? be outsourcing. I'll outsource it to you. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> the kid I had. Um, it looks looks kind of older, and uh, I guess I guess it's him. Whatever. <laughs> Don't go into journalism. I am the ghost of I was, journalism. I was future. waiting to make a journalism joke. Uh, I am the. You think you're you're amazed that you're getting two thousand hits on your blog a day and that your YouTube channel is making over seventy five dollars a month? Well, it won't always be gravy and biscuits, my lad. And just wait um, till you have to turn down a coffee from someone because you're like, ethically, I'm not allowed to take this coffee. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a, well, is is it one of those Keurig cups or is it like or is it Folgers? Okay, if it's Folgers crystals, I did bring my own creamer and a sugar packet, so it'll be just underneath the limit of what I'm allowed to accept from you. Yeah, we're, you we're laugh, but I travel yeah. with my own instant coffee. Wow, I the life of a journalist is just as good as the life of an independent developer. Apparently, that's that's all I'm hearing. Exactly. It's like where, we are, where can people we are, follow we are, this life, Andy? We are we are three people who have probably spent at least one Christmas or other huge national holiday thinking. You know what? I wasn't going to leave to for the drive to my to my folks' house in two and a half hours anyway. I bet I can get a jump on that thing that's due on Tuesday. I, that's, I'm just gonna sit. I'm just gonna sit around watching a Christmas story on Turner on Turner movies anyway. I may as well. Just, uh, but yes, uh, spell my last name uh, anatko.com. I'm doing a bunch of freelance stuff for uh, a bunch of people. I'm I'm clearing out my inventory of columns for the Sun Times. And uh, I, see, this this is why uh, I'm I'm very very flattered that people have been saying such nice encouraging things. But realize that my freelance rate, my, my my outside freelance rate from the Sun Times is higher than what I was being paid per column for the Sun Times. So basically, I've made back everything I'm going to be making, and then like <laughs> I, for for writing the the next six weeks of columns I was going to write anyway, I've been paid a lot more than that. Uh, but uh, other thing, there when there be so links to that are on anatko.com uh, from my last name. Uh, as well as any other projects I'm working on, uh, if on go on Twitter, I'm Anatko. On Instagram, I'm Inatko. Um, I'm gonna be posting a bunch of cool f- pictures. I'll ne- next week. I'll probably have to give you my Flickr uh, ID. I'm actually okay. I'm Andy I on Flickr. I spent uh, uh, the Flick-er. I spent four or five hours. Flickr. L I C K R. That was that, that was back like in a the Yahoo back in the days to be on the Flickr. Exactly. Yahoo. <laughs> okay go, or google, google or see i don't here, here's the problem and again we're, we're i'm i know i'm not i'm not going to drag us into hour two but Uh-oh. it's flicker flicker historically has been the when i when i wasn't using instagram i wasn't using anything else and before instagram even existed like if i wanted to publish photos where the world could see them i didn't want to have to pay the bandwidth to host them on my own site so i'd put them on flicker because they also they, they they'll let you type of they'll let you add a couple of paragraphs to it it's wonderful uh, and so when I post like 200 pictures of cosplayers from Comic-Con, that's where I put them. Uh, I, so I shot, uh, uh, two bouts of roller derby, uh, on Saturday night. I'm going to be probably done editing them and posting them. They'll probably be up on Flickr and hopefully they'll be interesting to, to watch. But the thing is, I don't, I, I feel as though I maybe could be doing this as like a public Google photos album, but I don't know if that implies that this is something Google photos is something I hitherto have only used to share things with friends and family. Like as instead of like 20 years ago, printing up some four by sixes and mailing them to somebody. So I don't know if I, I don't know if that reads as a, Hey, 
Andy Yanatko, someone I don't know, has posted some pictures for public consumption. And uh, anyway, I'm overthinking this. I know I'm overthinking this. But anyway, yes, uh, spell Yanatko, and you've unlocked the keys to the mediocrity of my pictures and writing. Uh, that's it for material episode 146. Uh, if you have any co- questions, comments, reactions to this show, go on to relay.fm slash material, and you'll find links where you can, uh, email us, tell us whatever you want to say, uh, links to the stuff we've been talking about, uh, all this, all during this episode, as well as opportunities to metaphorically throw money into a box and mail it to us uh we will disproportionately make sure that most of it goes to Flo and myself because we are again uh flailing freelancers <laughs> in a rapidly collapsing journalism market Russell. i just thought it was russell the conversion is, rights that's why i was getting so much less russell, now russell i is, find out this russell is happening is the, is the ceo of, of one of the titans of our, our the, the burgeoning software industry like you know you know when like tim cook at the start of uh they're like of, one of, australian uh, dollar you need like a hundred american dollars to get one of those like damn it we've, we've, had, we've it handed out over four billion dollars to developers in the last quarter russell is one of those developers that's gotten got his hands in that till of four billion dollars so i'm saying that you know if you don't actually specifically mark out if you become a member that oh by the way i want even though it's justly on un- it's completely unfair i want russell a titan of a ceo of a tech industry in a flourishing economy uh, to get the same amount of money as two journalists and once again a collapsing market for freelance journalism we'll do that we'll do whatever you want but we'll assume that if you don't say it that you want us to you know we'll buy him a coffee uh you know uh, i i think i got some uh, uh some sanrio stickers well i'm not here. a journalist i don't have any whole, ethics you box. can buy me all the coffee you want there's this there's my deal bring it on Make it worth our Sorry, we, we should wrap this show. Thanks, <laughs> everyone, for tuning show. in this thank week. Thank you. Excuse me. Yes, thank you for listening <laughs> this week. I hope you listen again next week, although we haven't given you a whole lot of reason to do so. We'll do better next time. Until then, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week.